Namaste. Welcome to Call and Response Podcasts with Krishnadas, where he shares meaningful stories of his life on the path, of his Guru Maharaji, and integrating spiritual practice into our everyday lives. Call and Response Podcasts is an offering of the Kirtanmala Foundation. The foundation is dedicated to spreading the teachings of Neem Karoli Baba, a great spiritual teacher of India. If you are interested in supporting this podcast and the work of the foundation, please visit kirtanwalafoundation.org, K-I-R-T-A-N-W-A-L-L-A-H foundation.org. So practice, you got to do practice, I'm sorry, you just have to. With our eyes open and our hearts open. But through a practice, you're, you're, you get used to coming back from being gone. It's more like an ability to let go. Um, I'm finding uh, where, uh, that uh, the older I get, or not old, whatever, um, that the practice just comes by itself a lot of times. You, you yeah. Thinking about it, and all of a sudden, sure. And I'm just finding it to be. I don't have to try as hard because it just happens and. What I like about that, it seems like it, t- it took a long time to get there. Mm-hmm. It's getting, it gets better, and it seems like it's just easy. You just fall into it. Good. Well, why, why all the struggle? Say, oh, I don't want to do that. It's too easy. It's too hard. Now it's so easy, or easier. That's good, but you know. Um, so tell me about your experience. Give him back the mic. Oh. Um, well, what are you exactly referring to? Well, it's just the whole de- the whole practice in general, I guess. Meaning? So I, I just went mm-hmm. uh, just like that. Um, oh God. Well, like for instance, a lot of times the mantra will come back to me during the day, and kind of I'll recognize that it's there yeah. when I had forgotten. Right, I've been just driving around or something, and then I'll hear, in a sense, in my head, the mantra. Yeah. So that that comes back to you, sure. Like but what do you do at that moment? Seem to be, uh, try to keep going, keep going with it. Right. Yeah. That's it. Sure. But that's all good. No question about it. But there's so many levels of uh, of. Uh, of sleep, so to speak. There's so much time we spend asleep. The idea is to kind of gradually shorten the amount of time it takes for us to remember the mantra, for instance, right? And the way that happens, the way that is shortened is by using our personal will to bring ourselves back. But even, that's an interesting thing because, okay, so you're chanting, right? And then you notice you haven't been paying attention, and you come back to the chant. How did you notice? Ah, you just do. It happens by itself. But we know that nothing happens without a cause. There's no effect without a cause, and no cause that doesn't have an effect that became a cause. So if you all of a sudden woke up, so to speak, and recognized you hadn't been paying attention, that waking up is a direct result of practice you've done in the past, either this life or another life. 
Otherwise, you would get born, you graduate from high school, you drink some beer, and then you die. <laughs> and you're not here for one moment of your life. How many people do we know? Most of them are in the supermarket when you go there. Look around. Nobody's home. It's unbelievable. It's like you're swimming. Yeah, you're swimming. Yeah, sure. Swimming through like water. So there you are singing and you haven't been paying attention. And then you, you go, oh, okay. And you come back. How did that happen? You didn't do that. You weren't here. You were in dreamland. How did it happen that you came back and noticed? Consciousness, you became aware. And awareness is something that is always here, but recognized more through practice, through remembering. That's what practice is, remembering. So you, 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 you sit down to remember. I'm remembering, I'm remembering my breath. Breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing in. Oh, I gotta go to the store later. What, what am I supposed to buy? Did I write it down? I don't think I wrote it down. Oh, okay, my breath. That moment when we come back, that is in itself an effect of the cause of having done practice before, already. For instance, none of you would be here if you hadn't, didn't have some interest in this. Where did that interest come from? Why are you here and, and the other 400,000 million people in D.C. are off having a good time? <laughs> because we, have, we share a common interest in something, some, something that's supposed to be here today. I don't know if it is, but whatever. It is. Okay, thank you. <laughs> All right, five bucks every time you see me? <laughs> See me afterwards. <laughs> All right, so is that good? Yeah, that's practice, but if, that, if that's fine for you, if you're happy with that, if you're at ease with that, fine. If you feel that you still spend a lot of time asleep and you'd like to you know, wake up more, then try doing, you know. Let's say you're home when that happens. You're just sitting around and you remember the name, for instance, right? Or the name shows up in your head. If you're home, you could, all, you could go with it for a few minutes, right? You could allow it to surface, really surface. If you're driving in your car, you gotta keep your eyes on the road. But if it happens sometime where you're free of you know, things that you have, then you could kind of sit with it and notice it. It'll fade, because it always fades, because that's our karmas too. And then you'll be off doing something else, and then it'll happen again. But the more you recognize that and allow it to deepen, or allow the awareness to rise, however you want to say about it, that, that will shorten those moments when you're not present. Um, I have a question about both having a guru and karma. and um, I've been practicing with the Buddhist community for 20 years that's kind of going through Dharmageddon right now, mm. what I'm saying. Um, what if your karma has led you to take Samaya with a guru who's... Why don't you explain to people what Samaya is? Um, um, about, uh, lifelong, lifetimes of, of being connected to, of taking him as your teacher for, for lifetimes. 
and, and the, she's talking about Vajrayana Buddhism, Tibetan Buddhism. So in Vajrayana, the guru is treated as almost like a deity. There's nothing the guru can do that isn't purely motivated by compassion. That's, that's the ideal situation. And when you take samaya, it means you vow, you take a vow to see the guru like that. And that anything they do is motivated only by pure intention and compassion, even if it doesn't seem like that to you. It's very, very advanced. Uh, it's not for everyone, and it's a very advanced situation. So this young woman took this vow with a guru who fucked up really bad and hurt a lot of people and did a lot of terrible things. And um, there's a whole thing going on in that community and in a lot of the different communities right now. <clears throat> and I had to say to you, all I can say to you is you have to listen to your heart as what the right thing is to do. Uh, don't listen to anything other than your own feelings in this case. You have every right to either leave the community or stay with the community or do whatever. It's all completely and absolutely up to you. There should be no pressure you feel from the outside because uh, ultimately they are just as human like you are. And this guru came from a very particular lineage and there's no way to understand why he did the things he did. No one can know another's motivations, even though it's pretty obvious that he was screwed up. But still, one can't know. One can only trust one's heart in any situation, whether you took a vow or didn't take a vow. You took a vow because you trusted your heart. You can leave because you trust your heart. Nothing bad can come to you from the outside. That's the deal. Thank you. So thank you very much for being here. My question is about stages in life. And the question is, does the curriculum always stay the same? Meaning, where the, where, meaning, what? meaning what? Well, the question comes from actually thinking about this last book that Ram Dass wrote with nearby Bush about, about preparing for death. Mm -hmm. And that death should be at the forefront of our awareness. You walking each other home? Yeah. yeah. Nice and I guess book. I'm just wondering, you know, when one's a kid, when one's in their 20s, when one's in yeah. their 30s, I mean, does the curriculum, is it, um, are there life stages and are there times in our lives, or I'll put it this way, are there times in your life when the practice, you woke up and sort of said, wow, that's the practice, oh no, that's the practice, oh no, that's the practice, and are there times in our lives where, um, well, I guess, you know, I'll leave it at that, does the curriculum stay the same? Well, yes and no, you know. I mean, the curriculum is to wake up and, uh, and to uh, find real love. That's the curriculum, as far as I'm concerned, and to live in that love 24 hours a day. Or that space of presence or being or true nature, whatever you want to call it. It's to be in that full time, to recognize your true nature, to awaken. So that's the curriculum that stays the same for somebody who's interested in that. 
but you have different issues to deal with as you get older, as the body ages, as you mature emotionally, etc. But the curriculum stays the same. You just have other issues to deal with. And different things become, uh, you know, when you're 16, basically the curriculum is to wake up and get laid. When you're, when you're 86, the curriculum is to just wake up. <laughs> that was pretty good. Wow. So yeah, you know, that's like that. Uh, some traditions, uh, some traditions have as their practice meditation on death from the beginning. And what, what that means to an eight-year-old is very different than what it means to somebody who's actually 80 with the imminent, with the end of the physical body much more imminent and actually, you know, feeling it in the body. Then you start to think, well, okay, wow, you know, you wake up in the morning and just stuff isn't working like it worked the day before. What happened? I didn't do anything. Yeah, you did. You got old. So. The curriculum is the same, but the issues are, are ever-changing. No? What do you think? I'm, I'm, that's what I think. Was that reasonable or was it not? It was totally reasonable. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the situations change. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm guessing, um, maybe what I'm really asking is, do the practices change? Do, uh -huh. the, do the practices in which, which one uses to approach those changing situations, do some make more sense than others? For example, just quick, uh, in teaching kids with, about Throw and Walden, when they're young, they're like, what is this stuff? It's, mm -hmm. I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be, solitude is the last thing that feels mm -hmm. I need. Yeah. Um, when you get a little older, you go, oh, there's mm -hmm. something there. So yeah. I guess the question maybe is more about practice than curriculum. I don't you know, yeah, it could change. I mean, in my situation, it's just a question of being able to give myself more fully to what the practice I'm doing. That's kind of seems to have deepened over the years. There's less stuff pulling me out of the moment, and I'm able to give myself more fully to whatever practice I'm doing. And uh, there are practices, you know, uh, different traditions have different practices for learning how to die consciously, learning how to dream consciously, be aware in your dreams and stuff like that. A lot of practices out there that, I don't know if they change necessarily only with stages of life. I think they change as you change in your own life too. But yeah, there's all kinds of things. And you might be led to other practices as time goes on because they'll make, all of a sudden they'll make more sense to you. You know, like, like uh, monks tend to do practices that teach them to be uh, uh, disgusted by the human body so they don't get attached to their own bodies or attracted to other bodies to protect their vows. You know, they meditate on you know, the, this bag of slime and shit and mucus that, that we carry around with us that we think is so beautiful, you know? You know? So that's, I mean, and they'll really cultivate that so that when they look out, 
they see bags of slime and shit and mucus. They don't see somebody they'd like to screw. You know, they, they, it doesn't, but that's very particular practice for a very particular person who's involved that way. Not for us. Although, as time goes on, you, you know, you, you know, the Tulsi Das, this great poet in uh, Indian tradition, say, oh Lord, save me from the fever of youth. You know, the older you get, you go like, what was I thinking? Oh, I wasn't thinking. You know, you, it's like being young is like the hormones cruising through your blood and the, you're, it's like a fever. You know, you get a little older, it's like, uh, can I just like rest a little bit? No, go grab more stuff. You know, so things change. It's all good. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by the Kirtan Mala Foundation. Krishnadas is renowned for leading Kirtan, the spiritual practice of chanting, and workshops around the world. For more information about him, including upcoming events, please visit krishnadas.com. K-R-I-S-H-N-A-D-A-S.com. We also invite you to visit kirtanwalafoundation.org. K-I-R-T-A-N-W-A-L-L-A-H foundation.org Here you will find more offerings dedicated to spreading the teachings of Neem Karoli Baba. Love everyone, serve everyone. Remember God. Ram Ram.